Welcome to another episode of the LeafCast. Takes by Leaf for Leaf. Yo, I'm privileged to have uh, two special guests with me today. Um, Usually we don't do a lot of interviews, but we're trying to do more interviews. So I thought if I was going to do more interviews, we break up the monotony, not just have dudes on. But moreover than that, we want to have females on, but females from the talking about, I think, um, some perspectives that probably have not been shared, definitely not on this podcast before. Um, so with that being said, I want to introduce my special guests today, um, Alice Palmer and Robin Nunn. Ladies? Um, I'm Rob. I'm Robin Nunn. Um, I guess I will jump in and kick us off since this is the ladies show. It sounds like Leaf. <laughs> um, I am, um, I know Leaf from the D.C. area, um, which is where I am currently quarantining in place. Um, I am a l- lawyer um, and I work at a law firm. I'm, I'm not sure how, how much of an intro you want us to go into Um no, as much as as much as you want, share as much as you want with the audience. But I do want to say this: so as much as this is the ladies' show, this is not just the ladies' show. This is <laughs> black women in the financial services industry in the pandemic. So I feel like it's the start of a new Tyler Perry uh, play. Could be the title. <laughs> but um, that's the topic today. So not just ladies' night, but we actually have a specific um, goal in mind. So, anyways. Don't let me stop you. Please, Robin, expound more on your illustrious. Yeah, I mean, I think what really spoke to me and sort of, you know, I think we'll tell a little bit about myself because I don't want to make this about me, um, is the the topic of financial services in this sort of post-COVID pandemic environment. Um, I work with a lot of financial institutions. I've been, I've uh, worked in, in-house at a number of financial institutions. And I think that this is a particularly compelling time for people of color, especially women of color. So I was really excited to do this show as a woman of color who is, you know, deeply connected um, to the financial services community with respect to law. I'm sure a lot of my background and experience will come out in the next 30 minutes. Um, So I'll just leave it at that and, and turn it over to Alice. Thanks, Robin. So I am Alice Palmer as as Leif mentioned, and I know Khalif because we work together at Nationwide. He actually hired me into the financial services industry many years ago now. Um, and uh, I'm now with another financial services organization and lead their, their um, retirement and compliance teams in supporting their retirement plans business. And I've been in the financial services industry for a while and echo everything that Robin alluded to. It is an interesting time. Uh, I think I feel that maybe on the brink of some change, which is great and much needed and uh, look forward to the discussion. So before we go any further, I want to have a moment of silence for my brother Herman Cain. Um, Herman Cain is, uh, came down with the COVID-19 today um, after attending the uh, Trump rally in Tulsa. And I think it's important that we all just, you know, send positive energy um, to this brother as he um, convalesces from the uh, disease. Any any thoughts, any additional thoughts on Herman? You guys want to? <laughs> 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 no, but for real, I, 
I think it is an interesting segue because um, when I think about Herman, I think about not just the 999 plan and all that kind of good stuff like that, but also think about, you know, a guy who was a CEO, you know, of a company and, you know, ran a trade group and his, you know, relationship with women. And I think that kind of opens the door a little bit to talk about, let's kind of go back in time, pre-pandemic, pre-protests and all that kind of stuff. Give me, you know, your experiences. Let's talk about, you know, um, kind of coming into the profession. Some of your experiences, did you have, um, was it what you thought it was? Um, You know, let's kind of kick things off from there. So maybe Alice, talk a little bit about when you joined your first, you know, financial services company, what was your thought process um, beforehand or your expectation and then, you know, what was your actual experience upon joining uh, the company? Well, I don't know that I had any expectations necessarily specific to financial services organizations. Um, and when I joined, it was really, and I joined in a very junior entry level role. So I think that that's relevant because I think that your experience is shaped by your position. Uh, in these organizations to a certain extent. So I think that's important. Uh, When I joined, it was largely a very positive experience. Um, And I did feel supported. And it has it has evolved. So I think that as you as a person progresses in a financial services organization, um, things can become more challenging, I think, because there are lots of, um, I I think, obviously, as anyone of any color progresses in a financial services or any corporate environment, and perhaps even beyond that, there are just competitive dynamics at play. So I guess I should say that uh, to begin with, and I think maybe even more so a little bit, uh, and insecurities and intimidation and things of that nature um, as African Americans excel in these spaces. Uh, and so, you know, my experience has evolved a little bit as my career has evolved. And one additional observation is that it is not very diverse. That was a very keen <laughs> observation from the beginning, in that I learned that I was going to be very, you know, lonely, a little isolated, and that that had a lot of different ramifications, you know, in terms of how you're perceived, um, the implications of the perceptions that people have of you and how that impacts other people of color that may be in the organization coming behind you. So there's a lot, there's a lot there. I'll stop though and let Robin weigh in. Yeah. I mean, it's so fascinating. I mean, both, I want to, you know, respond to the points that both of you all made. I mean, Leaf with respect to Herman Cain, who is a character that I have studied <laughs> for many years as a Morehouse brother who worked at a bank. I think he was at the financial services center of Kansas city or something, the federal reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being, you know, a, a former, you know, presidential candidate and Tea Party activist and African-American man, it's, it's a very complex um, character analysis. And I run into people exactly like Herman McCain in my my work all the time um, um, who look just like you and me um, and attend HBCUs um and you know identify with values um that may be contrary to 
what one might um, assume. Um, it's, I don't know whether it's financial services that is a more, I mean, we have all these single issue voters out there who talk about voting with their sort of pockets, I guess, or wealth. And maybe if you understand money, you, you know, think differently somehow. But I think that I joined financial services because I wanted to help. Um, I wanted to work on consumer protection issues and I wanted to figure out ways to distribute wealth amongst the underrepresented and the poor. So I looked into fair lending law and a lot of the stuff that I felt like had historically discriminated against people of color. Um, but everyone <laughs> was a little bit surprised as I moved up the, <laughs> the ranks that that was, you know, sort of my passion. Um, because I, I think that, you know, it's, it, that's not the, the common thread that runs amongst, you know, financial service professionals. Um, so as I moved from law firms, which are entirely not diverse and don't seem to be moving anywhere close to being diverse. And as I went to financial services institutions, I was incredibly frustrated that I had seemed to have landed in the bastion of conservative, non-diverse <laughs> thought. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, I'm hopeful, obviously, this time I want to end on a positive note. Like, I think maybe things that maybe it's different now. And this is gonna, we're signaling some change here. Um, but, you know, it, it's still sort of, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting times. And we'll see what happens with the Treasury and with a lot of these agencies. Um, if we do have an election and, and things change, if we will start to see more people of color and women um, taking the, the leadership positions in a, as the head of some of these agencies and making some change for the good versus, you know, to align people's pockets. So interesting thought. I want to follow up on that a little bit. And in, in, in some respects, you know, I think it's funny, you know, the Herman Cain story, but just in terms of your larger point, in terms of your interactions with, you know, let's just talk about interactions with black men for a second. I know, Alice, when you started, I was your manager. And the one thing, you know, I remember the one critique I would get after initially, you know, Alice was hired, people would say to me, oh, she's young. Like that was, you know, it wasn't like, oh, she's really talented or whatever. It was like, oh, she's so young. She looks so young. And then, she, then they would say, um, you know, kind of, and I felt a lot of it was not dudes. It was white women who were, you know, they would comment, oh, she's so young. She looks so young. She's so cute. And I would be, it would just, it would be interesting because you think, you know, we're at a job. That wouldn't be the first reaction that you have with somebody who's tasked with partnering with you to you know work out tasks etc cetera, etc cetera. but just talk a little bit about your you know both of you your interaction especially you know because I think it's you know an evolution right so I think Alice to your point earlier like when you started you were junior and then you moved up you know so things may change but did you uh, both you and Robin, did you feel like your interaction with men or men of uh, people of color, if there was any extra jobs at all, were those, you know, talk about that a little bit. <laughs> Didn't we tell you it wasn't diverse. <laughs> you were the only, only person of color. And I guess when I say color, I don't know what we mean by that. I mean, yeah, black let's people. Black. Let's black. okay, yeah, let's, let's get let's clear be because I let's think black, that's yeah. a problem you know, yeah. with the, the definition you. of diversity in general, but I won't jump down great that point. rabbit point. hole. Great point. Um, 
So please do. We got see. This is what happened. I got my happy hour drink, and so anyway. So in terms of interactions with African American men, in particular, there weren't. There still aren't. I don't think that. I mean, Leaf, you have have to know that I think you are the only one that I've ever encountered in the financial. Oh no, actually, that's not that's not true. I forgot about our good friend, um, Mr. Pierre. And um, <laughs> what I'll say is that I don't think that I've had negative experiences with African American men. Um, there are some different mentalities, none as maybe egregious or however you view Mr. Kane's mentality. Nothing like that has crossed my path. But um, as far as my interactions with African-American men, they have been varied, uh, different perspectives that they, uh, generations that they come from, things like that, I think motivate them. But for the most part, we have been aligned in our view around the need for change in the financial services space. Um, I don't know, Robin, if you've had a different experience with African-American men. Oh, let me tell you. I leave. Uh-oh. This is definitely the ladies show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, go. I will say first and foremost, you know, I love our brothers. They are great. I work at a firm where the only other partners, I'm the only black female partner. All the other partners are black men. And kudos to them. A couple of those black male partners have been at the firm for 30 years. And having Mm. a black father who is a lawyer who met my mother at the bar exam in the segregated South in Arkansas, I realized what it means to have been a partner at a large international law firm for 30 years. It is Mm -hmm. hard Mm -hmm. for me now. I want to go off every day. And I don't know what, after 30 years, how you would have any sense of, you know, decorum after, Mm -hmm. you know, in 2020 (laughs) what they're doing. So I, you know, my hat's off to them and they have welcomed me with open arms over the last few years since joining the firm. But I will say, and I mean, Leaf, again, you're going to hate me, black Mm -hmm. women hold it down. Like when things come push to shove, I am unequivocally cannot be moved on any sort of issue related to social justice, race, sexism. And I, I, I should leave it at that <laughs> because there is no, I mean, we hold the line. I, 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 I just sort of feel like there are certain individuals in the group that are more on the Herman McCain side that I feel mm-hmm. like are comfortable mm-hmm. being that way because of the sacrifices they've had to make. And I think throughout history, and we see it more recently, I mean, when they talk about the squad, it's usually women. When they look Mm -hmm. at these mayors, these governors, black women are really bringing it. And I would like to say that there were more black women that were partners at law firms. Maybe their numbers are, but I do think that, um, I I mean, I'd have to check the numbers on this, but I think that there may be more black men. Um, and you know, again, I, I think there's room for all of us, but I've been really impressed with a lot of the sisters and I think with the brothers, it's, it's, it's very impressive, but I think that there are a couple cats that are, <laughs> are not, um, walking the walk and talking to the talk. Well, you know what? Mm. Uh, and I asked that question 
it was interesting to me. I went to, you know, I have um, had the fortune or misfortune, whatever you want to think about it, of being at a couple of different uh, firms. And some of the bigger firms, you get, you know, a couple more black folk just because the numbers, like the number game expands out. And then it also, you know, in in-house, they pull in compliance dudes. So a lot of times you may find like the black dude in like the compliance department and stuff. And, you know, look, I think um, there are some dudes that, you know, there are some dudes that are good, good dudes. Um, then to your point, Robin, I, I mean, there are some dudes that literally have, and, and it, you know, it's one of those deals where, I mean, I don't, I, it's not one of those things that I agree with, but I can understand. Wow. So I don't, and, and I just say that because if someone is stroking you and saying you're special, you're a unicorn, it's not everyone else. It's you that's great. The other people aren't doing what you're doing. If they were only working as hard as you were, they'd be where you're at. And they're paying you those checks, right? There's a certain level of shit you'll just put up with, right? Like, so I knew a story of a dude, and I think he still practices in Philadelphia, so I don't want to get too <laughs> detailed about the story. But he was at a firm, he, and he was there for a minute. He's a partner. He was a partner at the firm. And then something happened. He was, I don't know, he was working tangentially on a, on a, on a project, and something happened. And whatever, the story goes that these white dudes hung this motherfucker out of a window. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it was like, like it, it, it's like one of those deals. Like, I mean, again, so, I mean, I, 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 when I started in private practice, there was a dude that was at my firm, and um, he was a black guy, and when he met me, he was like, "Hey, what's up? How you know?" Da, 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 da. And, you know, we shook hands, and I think I seen that dude like twice, like the entire time. Like, that wasn't his deal. So, to your point, I do agree with you. I think. From my experience, I think more black women are willing to like groom or mentor you or at least kind of point you in the right direction and take pity on you. <laughs> <to be right. laughs> I don't feel like I've had that kind of experience, but mm-hmm. um, that may be just me. I guess I do relate to the comments that Robin was making about women just being more activist, I guess in the workplace in terms of driving for change, but I don't feel that I've had many black women kind of, you know, extend themselves to me, to mentor me and help me to navigate. Same, same with, I mean, I guess, I don't know. It's just maybe different people, different experiences. No, no, I think you raised some good points and and I want to get Robin's thoughts on this, but I will say, I think some of it has been, that you've just been at spaces where there were no black men to your point. So there's all you have is the experience of, again, I just think irrespective of gender, if you get situated and get comfortable and get, you know, when whatever your experience is, you don't really push the needle anymore. But let, mm-hmm. let, let Robin, give, give us your thoughts in terms of, you know, your interactions with black men at work or, or, or better yet, black women at work. Do you feel like they have been supportive of you and your career or talk a little bit about Um, that? I have had mixed results. I will agree with both of you. Um, I currently obviously don't work with, I think there are two black women associates at the entire firm of over a thousand attorneys. So I literally don't 
interact with black women. I will say that my, you know, my clients um, that are black women, I've had mixed experiences, so I can speak to that. Um, some are wonderful, like an Alice, and some are, you know, Aww, for are, 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 are a lot um, who hold me to a different standard than I feel like they would hold their white outside counsel, which I always find, you know, slightly depressing. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think that it is something that we have to deal with in our community in terms of, you know, one of the quotes that I saw recently about like this whole, you know, stopping systemic racism and helping black people helping each other is like, you know, part of the way to, you know, be helpful to other black people is like, don't be a dick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's, I mean, it's just that, you know, if you want to help me, like, don't be, you know, a complete jackass. All and what, what do you think motivates that? That's what I don't understand. Like where, don't where is that coming from? I don't get it. Be- yeah. Because they certainly, especially when you're talking about those partners in your firm that have been there for 30 years, you know, they they couldn't have, right. They couldn't not be aware of the challenges. And I don't know. I I just don't know how you get to a place where you feel like, uh, I don't have to do anything helpful for you. And, and I don't recognize the struggle and I'm just going to sit here and, and watch you kind of, you know, flounder. I don't know. I don't understand that. I feel like it's an evolution. And so I, 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 you know, it's interesting. So the same firm I refer to, there was a guy there again, didn't really give me the time of day. Many years later, I was at a dinner and they they were honoring an alumni of the same, we worked at the same firm and he literally had left like months before I had gotten there. And like, if I felt like, I mean, we just had, I mean, this, he was just, just a really, just a genuine dude. And we were talking and I remember thinking to myself, like my whole experience at that firm would have been different if he was there. Like, cause there was no one, it was like, you're just out there swimming with the sharks and with, with, with like some meat hung around your neck. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get back to the beach. There's just no one. But no, you know, so but 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 let me let me turn the lens because I I I referenced this earlier about white women. I feel like I well I'll be honest with you. I feel like white women are the worst to do to work with in general. I'm talking in generalities here, so you know any white fans. I don't want them to be offended by the concept, but look. There's a lot of white women that are a pain in the butt to work with. And some of that becomes not just, hey, you're a pain in the butt, but it's like really like passive aggressive. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is, I, I can't, let me just stop there. But I feel like women are harder on other women. And, and even though they're giving you a bad time as a dude, like I feel like the cattiness is like a real thing. Cause I always thought all oh, white girls got along. And then I started to work and I was like, oh shit. Y'all got beef. So talk, talk, talk about that. I think um, I was hoping you wouldn't come to me first because <laughs> I just, I'm going to just say candidly, I think that it's jealousy and that's what it is. And I think that women just in nature, we compete more for things that, you know, I don't know that we necessarily need to be competing for because there is room for all of us, but for whatever reason, 
um, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of insecurity. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the insecurity uh, that somebody can re replace or do better or be more favored. And that makes things challenging. Um, so I don't know, Robin, what, what types of experiences you've had. I've but... had such fascinating experiences. Just so mm -hmm. even in the last week, I, I did a, a podcast like advertisement for an upcoming DC Bar Association panel. And one of the questions I got was about my experience with racial discrimination. And, you know, my response was that it's an everyday occurrence. People are constantly asking me questions in business meetings about how old am I? Can I, you know, look at your hair, your skin? And, you know, you know, people on the podcast like laughed and I was just like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, and so one of the, one of my partners heard the podcast and was one of the notorious, like asking me about my hair and can they touch it and that kind of nonsense. And she's like, is that racist? <laughs> and she's like, do you not like it when I do it? You know, and I, she's like, I think you're very pretty. And I'm, and I was kind of like, yeah, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, do you do it to other people? And she's like, no, but you're just, I just never seen anyone who looks like you. And as you, you know, can imagine, I'm the only one who looks like me at my firm. So I get it, but I don't, you know, I've been doing a lot of reading recently. And, you know, one of the books I've been reading is, you know, the anti-racist bestseller book. And, you know, what I've come down, you know, to in, in my mentality is it's not that I think that women or white women or anyone is, you know, necessarily intentionally racist or, you know, difficult to deal with. I think that they are just not anti-racist. So it bothers me when they try to make a spectacle about, you know, the differences, because I do feel like there is some aspect of, you know, feeling more comfortable by pointing out something that's, you know, unusual about somebody else. It's kind of, and like, <laughs> I, and I don't know how it's, you know, kind of like as a kid, like you, you can include people and make people, you know, share your lunch and make people like, oh, I like this. But like, it, I, I don't know. It's just, there's a very backhanded way that I feel like people kind of distinguish and make me feel very different um, in a business context um, with the backhanded compliment. Um, so I, I, I don't know. We have a, a, a white female diversity chair at my firm and we had a, a meeting of our Black Lawyers Alliance. And one of the things that came up was the lack of inclusiveness um, with the agenda of the diversity committee based around um, currently <laughs> happening at the firm. There are lots and lots of women's activities. Like every day it is celebration of Women's Day. And as the only, mm. you know, black women partner, that means, you know, white women celebration. So um, it is, it, it's, it's, it's great. <laughs> I love it. You know, I include myself in the women category, but with respect to Black Lives Matter, it's, huh? What's that? <laughs> and I, I don't know, like, is that intentional, unintentional? I mean, again, I'm coming out with my anti-racist thing is if you're not anti-racist, you're racist as far as I'm concerned. So, like, I, I don't, I don't, I guess I just don't know really what to do with it. I think that there's some work that needs to be done. Um, and, you know, I've had some good experiences and I've had some, some less than good ones. But, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm hopeful as I ended the last conversation. Um, <laughs> uh, At least you, you, you have a ray of positivity. You're that one person holding the candle 
<laughs> hoping uh for change. So let let's move into that discussion um about change and I think you know it was a byproduct. You know, in my mind, I always thought about it like in two ways. I thought about you know, in terms of the protest or the origins of the protest. I remember the story about the brother getting hunted and killed down in Georgia. And then the George Floyd story hit, like, literally, I want to say, like, the next week or less within, like, less than five days. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the, the protests, you know, really kind of took off, I guess, from there. So with that being said, you know, give me your thoughts just in terms of what have your white colleagues said to you? Um, you're both somewhat isolated as it relates to black folk at your companies and jobs. Like, did they come to you for solace? Did they come to you to give you condolences? Talk about that for a second. I got zero. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I like to attribute some of it to COVID. I mean, it's not like we're walking into the office every day after George Floyd's murder, um, uh, uh. you know, with tears streaming down my face. Um, but I do think that there was some level of uncomfortable. Um, mm. I think that there was a lot of discussion about how to respond and what to say at, at, at the firm. And I think that a lot of people when, you know, faced with uncomfortable conversations just tend to, um, you know, retreat and continue with business as usual. Um, but it left, you know, a lot of the, the, the black partners dealing with the hurt and the pain of a lot of the black associates and staff who were sort of like, you know, where do we go from here? Um, so, I mean, I think Juneteenth, I think was a way that we tried to acknowledge it. We got off at 2 PM. Um. <laughs> the, the, the farm let you guys off at 2 p.m 2 p.m ah, okay so we could have mean? a moment of silence and then go outrageous back mm. <laughs> so are you saying they told you hey yes. black folks stop billing for a couple hours they gave us a moment of silence <laughs> get right back get right back, get right back. um so, yeah, I mean, so I, I, I don't know that this has happened before and that people know how to deal with it. And obviously we have all sorts of different backgrounds and, and cultures and, you know, it's, you know, hard to build consensus around what the right approach is. But I've been shocked at the response and what people thought was a good idea and appropriate. And, um, yeah, we shall see. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to find where your hope's coming from Rob. <laughs> I'm sorry um, at my firm the response has been uh, very different from the responses that we've seen in the past right because Ahmad and George and you know Brianna that, that's not new but suddenly uh, with this round of protests and murders, the uh, the the firm that I'm with, the the leaders that are white that work with my firm, have started to reach out and ask how we're doing. And I say we because I don't think it's just to me. Uh, and they've been encouraged to do that. And some of them have, and many of them have not, but a few of them have. And those conversations have been extremely interesting and varied. I think 
one person that reached out to me came to me, I think, from a place of uh, shame almost and regret that this is still where we are. And it was very genuine. And that was interesting because I wondered why you suddenly realized that this is a problem when it's been happening forever. And the fact that it seems to me that some white people in this country seem to really not realize that race is an issue and particularly between black and white people and that 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 pervasive separation has continued for you know since slavery so that was shocking and eye-opening for me because perhaps I assumed that they had a level of awareness that maybe they didn't have and so those have been interesting conversations to have and then I think some of the conversations I've had have been with people who um, wanted to I felt were trying to prove to me that they weren't racist. Um, and, and those are also very interesting because I love finding delicate ways to let people know that they're still not doing enough. And all the things that they say that they do that demonstrate that they are not racist. So um, yeah, that's kind of been interesting that people suddenly feel like now is the time to talk about it. It's been the been the time in my mind to talk about this and to address it. And I'm wondering if this time we're really going to stop talking about diversity and start talking about black and white relationships and the messages that are sent and the way that the story of our history as a country is told in a way to, you know, not uh, celebrate anything about the black culture, all of it. I wonder if any of that is going to change. So. No, I mean, look, I had a dude reach out to me. Uh, so our company is a little bit different. We did, we there was more like company sponsored or driven discussion or communication. But I, I think it, you know, to your point, Alice, what is amazing to me, I saw your company put out like a little flyer or something on LinkedIn. I don't know what you call these things. Mm-hmm. And I saw all these people and they were like, we support black folk and it's then a third. And I wanted to say, I feel like there's two black people, maybe three. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like, I feel like there's three. So like, I feel like it's convenient to say that type of shit. But, and so that to me has been the focus for me when, you know, having it like it and Robin, (laughs) Give me your your thoughts here because I I feel like if we're going to say it's time for change, then there's actually got to be an implementation plan. But but give me your thoughts. There's got one one black woman at the firm. What's going on? What what can we do to help? I mean, I think that I mean what I'm trying to get my 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 crew, the other black partners, to do is to mobilize and have conversations with senior leadership because. You know, I think, Leif, you and I participated in a session, I think, the other night um, where we talked about, you know, how to make progress, how to make change in our relative institutions. Um, and, you know, I walked away with some ideas. And one of them is, you know, you guys are at corporations and I know that you guys live it, breathe it every day because, you know, you sent work to me. Um, but 
I have also, I mean, you know, black law firm partners have also got to push the envelope. We, we can't depend on financial services firms to entirely drive our diversity and inclusion programs. Um, without you guys pushing, um, you know, I don't know what would happen. Um, but we also have to take some responsibility and stand up too. Um, and that means internally having the tough conversations in terms of, yes, it make, does make business sense, our clients care, but we care too. Um, and, you know, you've got to, you know, nurture and develop your black attorneys um, or we will continue to leave. And, you know, that, you know, the, the cycle will continue. Um, so I think what we've decided to, well, what I've decided to do is push for more sort of defined real change. I mean, we have all these series of meetings and events and receptions and parties and pizza hours and, you know, all sorts of other stuff. But what we need is people to, you know, give hire black attorneys, give black attorneys work, you know, introduce black attorneys to clients, you know, give them credit for the work that they do. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just sort of, it's got to be real. Um, it can't be fluff anymore. Um, so th those are the type of conversations that we're talking about having at my firm. It's an interesting point that you make. And Alice, if you can build off of that, I think what the, you know, talk, talk a little bit about your experiences. I know that, you know, one of the things I, one of the many things I respect about you is that it's easy to say these things in theory, as opposed to implying or implementing them in real time. And I, I applaud your efforts in terms of um, hiring black folks. So with that being said, talk a little bit about how that has gone for you. What, what kind of discussions have you had to have internally to make that happen? Well, I want to say two things. I'll start with the response to your question, the internal discussions to enable my ability to bring in black talent um, has been one of proof points. So I really understand what, what needs to be shown to leaders, leadership to get buy-in. I think that in order to be successful, bringing in black talent and then also setting them up to be successful, support it, and stay uh, requires you to understand the environment, who the people are that are in favor, frankly, and get those people to support the decision. And that's really how I've approached it in terms of, you know, making it, having it get done effectively. But then I think, you know, maybe kind of more responsive to the comments that Robin has made about actionable change to, to really get the numbers up uh, in leadership of black lawyers that are in these positions. I really think that, um, somehow we have to find a way to have an affirmative action type of an approach. I know that that is a bad word, a dirty word in a lot of you know, people's minds. But to me, if you really understand and believe that African-Americans are not at their fullest potential or are not at the same starting line as you because of the system, that exists in this country, then you know I'm you Robin. need to neutralize it. And what that involves is pushing against it intentionally and putting people in the spot, irrespective of how you might feel about their qualifications. 
So that's the change in the movement that I want to see. Well said, well said. Look, I know we're kind of, I've used a lot of your time. Um, First of all, I appreciate both of you guys joining the call today. Um, I thought it was a really fruitful discussion. I would love to have you both back on the show. Let's do this again. But um, I want to close on this point. So earlier, I think, Alice, you were alluding to the fact that, hey, you know, there's some kind of jealousy with women, especially white women. Robin, I'm going to tell you uh, a true story. Or better yet, I'll let Alice tell it. Alice, what what what, what kind of license plate did you have? Oh no, we working? aren't talking about that. Really. <laughs> Good, tell, tell no, me. I will not. I will not because that is over, and I don't have that anymore. And that is that because that gets a lot of attention. <laughs> Oh, it was amazing. All I right, was- Leaf. I will. <laughs> I think but my no, dog real. got out. Hey, thank you both for joining the show. Um, again, I want you guys to have a great weekend. Stay safe. Uh, uh, stay situated. And I will see you next time around. Take care. Sounds Bye. Good. Bye-bye.